Did you know there was a free five-part podcast series all about classroom management? In this series, learn how I went from using traditional classroom management strategies without a lot of success to becoming a behavior detective. Discover how I help children with root cause of their behavior issues instead of just addressing the behavior itself. If you want to take a listen to this new series, just check the show notes. You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. This is episode 19, Process Art versus Crafts in Preschool. Every child is born creative. The challenge is to keep that creativity alive. That's a quote from Christina Webb. It's pretty true, right? Sometimes without intent, our schooling systems try to put that creativity into a box by focusing heavily on product art rather than process art. So what is the big difference and big appeal of process art over product art? aka crafts, in the preschool classroom? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Let's start by defining process art. According to Wikipedia, process art is an artistic movement where the end product of art and craft is not the principal focus. In other words, the creative process of making the art is the focus, not the end product. So in contrast, crafts or product art are focused on the end product looking a certain way. So for example, a product art or craft might be something that you have cut out all the pieces to and you show children where the pieces go. And at the end, all of the pieces look close to the same because they were all using the same pieces and they all were given instructions on how to get there. A process art example, on the other hand, would be giving children multiple different materials and stepping back to see what they create with it. So even though they may have started with similar materials, they are all using them in a different way and there is no instruction, there is no guidance and no expectations. And so the focus really is on what they do with the pieces you gave them, aka the process, rather than what they end up with. So why do we want to encourage this process art over product art for our preschoolers? Well, I have some pretty big benefits to share with you, and then we'll talk about how to know if you are encouraging process art in your own classroom. So big benefit number one is for children to be able to enjoy the creativity process without stress. With process art, there is no right or wrong way to do it. And so the children aren't finding themselves going, is that right? Does this look right? Um, Am I doing it right? Instead, they're getting to let their creativity flow without that expectation of trying to meet someone else's idea of what is right as an end product. Big benefit number two, when children use their own thoughts and ideas to create art, Now they're getting to tell us about it. So they get to use language to share about what they created and get this sense of pride from creating something that was truly unique to them. 
So instead of coming to us and asking if they did it right, does it look right, and wanting praise or that, instead, they're coming to us to share about what they created that came from their brain, their own ideas. And that sense of pride looks different because it came from them. It wasn't just something that they were expected to do and met the goal. It was coming from inside them, ideas, thought onto paper, and sharing that with you is even more meaningful. The last big benefit is how children use deeper level thinking skills when they are doing process art. So they're going to use some planning. They're going to be asking themselves some things like, where should I put this? How will I make this look like the idea in my head? So they're going to have to do some thoughts in head, bring it down to paper type of planning. They're also going to have to do some problem solving. How am I going to get this to stick onto my paper? It's not working the way that I'm doing it. My scissors aren't cutting this. What am I going to do now? They also might do some predicting. What's going to happen if I mix these two colors together? What will happen if I try using less water when they're using watercolors? And children may not always be able to tell you exactly the questions that are going through their head when they're creating process art. But by observing and by listening to them describe their art, we can kind of see how they went through these planning, problem solving, predicting deeper level thinking skills to get to where they wanted to go with their art. And this is so much deeper than what we do with product art because all of that thinking is done for them. And so they do not get that same level of thinking when they're doing product art versus process art. So when we look at these big benefits as a whole, it's pretty easy to see why process art really does reign supreme with our preschoolers. I don't know about you, but I want my children to enjoy the creativity process. I don't want them to think of art as stressful. I want them to use their creativity. I want them to take their ideas and try to put them on paper. I also want them to be using some deeper level thinking skills as often as they can. And so if that can happen during art, I'm all for it. Now let's move into some important characteristics of process art so that you know if you are encouraging process art in your own classroom. So first, the art is child-driven and it's entirely their own. So while you may be providing the materials, you are not giving instruction. There are no instructions to follow, no sample. There is no wrong way to do it. There is also no specific ending time in the art. So what I mean there is, With a craft, you are done when you've put all these pieces on. But with process art, children are in the driver's seat when it comes to deciding how much they want to do to their piece of art. Maybe it's a very short amount of time they're spending on it. Maybe they're sitting for a very long time because they have this grandiose idea that they want to get on the paper. So there is no time restraint. It shouldn't just all end at the same time. And then that end product should be unique. Even when you're using the same materials to create with, the end product for every child should look different. And lastly, the importance is placed on the exploration of art tools and materials and how to use them and processes 
over what the end will look like. I want to take a moment to note that sometimes process art in the classroom can be hard to be definitive. Like when we look at it as a whole, it makes total sense. But then when we are going to plan specific activities and we're looking at the characteristics of process art, where does this activity fit in? So for example, recently we did a art invitation um, that was a collage and we had read the book Snowballs by Lois Ellert and I put a whole bunch of circles and then I put a variety of different items out. Ribbons, buttons, what else did we put? Sticks, all kinds of things out for them and told them, go ahead, right? So what they created based on the experience that they'd had with the book was for most, not all, for most to create their own snowmen. I didn't say this, but this is what came to mind for them when they saw these circles and all the pieces that were on the table. So that for me was a moment of, oh my, these all kind of look the same. So does this mean I planned a process art activity? And so it gets kind of mushy in the middle, right? I provided materials, I stepped back and let them decide what to do with them. And so I definitely would put that in the process art category, but I think it's important to remind ourselves that we don't want to overthink this. So if we can look at the characteristics of process art, did we provide materials that um, were unique that they could use in many different ways? Was there any prompting? Was there any examples? If not, then we can step back and think, okay, we did provide this process art activity. Maybe they just used some prior experiences or things that they knew about to create it to look a certain way. But my point here is to not overthink it too much. Run it by the characteristics. If it meets the characteristics, go forward and don't try to overthink it because it will get very muddy in the middle. And that's really not the purpose, right? The purpose really is just to provide activities for children to be able to use in a way that they see fit creatively. Now let's look at some ideas for how you can bring more process art into your own classroom. And I'm hoping you find some new ways to bring this idea of process art to your preschoolers. First up, make sure that you have your art center stocked with materials that children need for creation. So we're talking paper, scissors, glue, markers, crayons, things to glue. Also be very aware of when things need replaced or refilled. I like to tell my students, if you're noticing a marker doesn't work well, bring it over to me and we'll get a new one for that color. So making sure that everything is stocked for them because it's really hard to do art when all the materials are either dried up or missing. So making sure that they have what they need. I also like to make sure my centers are set up in a way for free choice. That way, Children can visit the art center anytime they please during free play because sometimes an idea may hit them or they may feel particularly creative at that time. And so I want them to harness that and be able to go over there and use the materials whenever they need to. Another great way to bring in process art is by having an easel for simple paint explorations. You can try different tools and different canvases for children to paint on. I, in the past, we've done things like painting with balls of foil, painting with carrots, painting with feathers, painting on different materials. Maybe they're painting on cardboard. Maybe they're painting on wax paper. Maybe they're painting on fabric. 
The list here is endless. And speaking of list, I actually have a free list for you that you can download when you visit the show notes, um, a list of ideas for things you can use to paint with and things you can use to paint on. So be sure to grab that. Also be on the lookout for different materials that you can provide children to use in their art. Think outside of the box. Do a lot of recycled materials is great. We have a teacher in our building that is constantly inspiring me to look at things in different ways and how I can use them in my classroom for art, just different trinkets and things that come off of, you know, different containers that we use every day. How can they be cleaned and given to children to use in their own art? It's also important to allow student choice over what materials to use, how long to complete their art, and where to display their art. Sometimes we want to keep it at school, but they really want to take it home. A compromise to this can be taking a picture of it, sending it home. Um, But I do like to let them choose most of the time where to display their art. I also like to take suggestions from children of things that they need for their art. So I will tell them if there's something you need that where you don't have here, tell me. So that maybe I need a circle for this. And so I can find something that fits their need. I actually keep a cart in my closet just full of random stuff so that we can go there and look for something that may fit their need. So I like to take suggestions on what they need for their own art to make it come to life for them. One last thing to keep in mind when you're talking to children about their art, be mindful. Asking what's that might communicate to children that their art should look like something that you should be able to easily recognize. Instead, ask children to tell you about it. Tell me about your art. When children bring you art that they've created, they want you to be as excited about it as they are because they made it all by themselves and they had this great idea in their head that they were able to replicate into art. And so try moving beyond good job, right? Try moving beyond that and tell them why you think their art is amazing. So for example, you use so many dots, that is very neat. Or the colors you chose are beautiful. Or the way you used the, and then you can insert the tool here, maybe it's the paintbrush, right? Is so unique. By using this sort of language with children, we are communicating that the process you took The things that you did that were unique, how you took it from your brain and made it into art is what matters most. I think that process art and play-based learning go hand in hand. Why? Because they're both discovery-based. They both are child-driven. And most importantly, they're both research-based. And while crafts might have a place in children's lives, lots of kids do crafts at home, process art really should reign supreme in the preschool classroom. I want to thank you for listening today, and I hope you gain some clarity around process art and maybe have some new ideas for implementing into your classroom. As I mentioned earlier, I have a list of materials for painting with and painting on at the show notes. So just hop on over to www.lovelycommotion.com slash episode 19 to grab it. It's free, and I would love you to use it as a resource in your classroom. Keep being lovely. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely. Lovely.